0: Winging it with Painter and Rico, episode six. Our guest today is Peter Aitkin, the only person to captain Bristol City and Bristol Rovers.
1: Oh, Tom. Now, not so long ago, I met someone else by chance who has also done that. Captain Bristol Rovers and Bristol City. I know lots of people say it was me. and it was a, It's a great honour, but there is somebody else, and I'll give you the name a little bit later on in the programme. Okay, what
2: well, up to date? Bristol City and Bristol Rivers, Captain, or are you talking 1800s? Dave, come on. Well, <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> That's my no, quiz question, powerful. that is. People never
1: really yeah. mentioned that, Peter Rakin. You, well, you, an- You'll have the answer tonight, Dave. Oh, I can't wait. And it came from the horse's mouth, and I. Yeah, okay. well, This might
0: be one we'll have to refer to Mike Jay, cause he's, uh, or Keith Brookman.
1: Well, he he, he the Rovers, and he did, I think it was a game or two he captained in Bristol City as well. So
0: OK, so we'll save that for later. Yeah, we'll
1: save that for later. Let's have a quick talk
0: about uh, the Euros, England, semi-final, final. What did you think of it, Pete, as a Welshman?
1: Um, I, I, I thought it was a big stepping stone for England moving forward. Uh, they've enha- enhanced their reputation as a as a national side um, probably would have liked a little bit more input from midfield but sometimes you've just got to play with what you've got and what you think is right and uh, all credit to Gareth, Gareth Southgate um, I think they did a very good job
2: Yeah
0: Dave what your like views.
2: Well we've said it over the last few weeks and about our creative players I mean if We would all pick different sides, probably. I mean, playing Phillips Rice in there, give us that platform, but from an excitement point of view, I would have probably rather seen one of the, you know, a Grealish in there, you know, even if you put Stirling in that hall, just to give us that little bit of impetus to take. Because I thought bypassing the semi final, we won, Kane, penalty, got the rebound. But in that final, when we went 1 0 up after two or three minutes, I think they were there for the taking in Italy. And I just thought, if we'd have turned on the gas for another 10, 15 minutes, you know, I mean, at one stage in that game, I think mean, when they, you, you scored their goal, he was shooting for 40 yards, you know, and I thought, they've got nothing here. Let's go and get them. And we didn't, and I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I just thought we had a chance. That first 15, 20 minutes, go two or three and go for it. And the longer the game got on, you could see, it was going their way, I thought personally, anyway. Yeah, and, and I think we just got to reflect and look
0: at it in uh, 55 years. And we've, you know, this this podcast is about no negativity or whatever, and they deserve tremendous credit for what they've done and what he's done, Southgate. But, you know, I, I would have thought you could have even dropped Mount back in there, you know, to play yeah. alongside Rice or, or Calvin Phillips, just to give us that bit of create, creativity. Before we come on air and we chat with Jorginho for, for Italy pass through the lines and no disrespect to Declan Rice and, and Colin Phillips they're not passers of you know the ball through the lines yeah. and you said you said about Declan Rice didn't you Pete
1: well I thought the, I thought the Italian game was was his best game because not only did he win balls he got past players and he made passes and I suppose that's the standard you're looking for for midfield players um, but it, it, the overall picture for me is that there's a lot of young people in that squad. Um, and to take them to that stage, at that level, and to be in the fray, that's fantastic experience. You can't buy that experience. Going out in the early rounds, you know, that's a a no-no for England. But to to gather the experience and momentum they got as a team, for me, um, I, as soon as it was over, well played Italy, terrific, uh, terrific performance by them. Um, But straight away, I'm looking at the World Cup thinking, well, what have we got? You know coming through that might enhance these one or two positions the other thing is that now uh for me and i'm a big england fan you've got players you've got players in and about the game now who will want to be in the england squad and when you look at it it's not an easy place to get into now so you know you've got to be worth your salt so for me going forward it it, it looks good. But it you, you
2: talked about the creative in midfield. But did you think Harry Kane was going so deep? He was our creative mid, for midfield player. He was going deep, and a couple of passes. I think he put the pass through when we got the sort of own goal with Sterling in that game, when he threaded one through. But he seemed to me like we wanted Kane. We were screaming at the box, going, mm. "Get in the box!" And he's coming deeper and deeper, which we would ideally like a midfielder, you know, attacking midfielder to feed Kane. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of my. You know, one of my gripes about the team with that selection. But like you said, before the tournament, if you'd have said England are going to, to finally lose, we would have probably taken it, although lost it on, was a signal on the night morning, yeah, you know. and lost on penalties. Yeah.
1: I What did surprise me um, with Dallas Southgate School of Thought, I mean, we are the home team, and usually that says, it's up to you to throw a spanner in the works and try something different. And we didn't, we stayed with the format, and you could see that people like, you know, there were players on the pitch that didn't really have too much of a run in them. It was a case of just stay goal side and do what we do. Now, at the end of 90 minutes, I look at Harry Kane and think, if there's one player on the pitch that you have got to support now with everything you've got, win, lose, all, draw. And for me, it was to put someone up alongside Harry Kane and said, right, this is it. We're coming down we're coming straight down the middle of the road it's either going to happen or it's not we've had a go yeah. and that was the only thing for me because it is a game of chess at times football and you have to wait to that last chance when you think yeah all right we've nicked it we've got the result and i you know it's a learning it's a learning curve for them it's easy to sit back and say i would have done this but extra time I think I would have thrown something in with Harry Kane and said, "Well, come on, you've got two thirty-five-year-olds at the back here, um, and they haven't really been tested all. Over. Yeah, exactly. So for me, that was it. Have a go, throw everything in. If it doesn't happen, at least we've tried something different."
0: Yeah, we, and we said it previously, Dave, didn't we? You know, when we were getting crosses in, Luke Shaw was getting crosses in. You know, Carl uh, Walker was getting crosses in when we, when Harry was scoring his goals. You know, that's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. and we didn't we just didn't give him the service to get him into the box and you know for him dropping deep we did we have any midfield runners running in behind not really overall
2: that was a great tournament oh yeah, yeah. You know, fantastic it just, yeah it just you know it's, it was a great you know experience really wasn't it, for all of us yeah. you know to see everyone out and about and everyone cheering and being happy again after what we've been through it was it was great and Couple of weeks' time,
1: we start the Premier League again. So <laughs> happy days! I mean, World in a year. <laughs> I, I would normally think that some of those players are going to be lying on the beach somewhere, Dave. But I don't no, think that's probably no, going to happen. No. it might be a case of well, no, come back, pre-season training, and get on with it, mm-hmm. and that that will catch up with players Definitely, as the season yeah. goes on. There's no doubt about that.
0: And I I just need to mention, you know, the the antics of some of our so-called England supporters after the, after the game, um, in terms of the abuse that was given to some of our players. Um, you know, it's 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 not called for. It, it's not right, and I think those players deserve tremendous credit for the way they've stood up to it and 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 fronted it out. Um, so yeah, let's move on. Um, Wales, uh,
1: a fine tournament. You know, they got through to the knockout, uh, knockout stages. Um, there were a few things going on before the tournament that could have sort of upset the camp, but people just got, got a,
0: focused. This in... is for our one Welsh listener.
1: <laughs> does this go to Newport? Does it? <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I would say that you know Wales can come away, um, especially with all the travelling they had to do, you know, in the early parts of the tournament, and uh, you know, yeah, there were there were, there were there were a few moments that you know, as a Welshman, you think, yeah, well done, lads. We know you're up against it. You've got a battle on, um, but I think when the second goal went in against Denmark. Yeah, the, the writing was on the wall, basically. That was the end of it. Yeah.
0: I, I think it's expectation again, isn't it? You know, we expect England to do well in every tournament. And, you know, Wales qualify for the knockout stages. And that was probably where, what they had to achieve to to make further progress. Because they young side as well.
1: Yeah, it's a young side. And it, it's never easy putting an international team together on the pitch when you go... Every player is a top player and can play his own game, you know. Um, And you get that, like, the Brazilians had it for a time, Argentina had it for a time, our 66 World Cup side, you know, they had it. They had maturity, they had confidence, they had fitness, you know. And you need all these things to come together for that magic moment. And uh, it's not easy to do.
0: Tell us a little bit about your Bristol Rovers career, Pete.
1: Oh... Good to meet you, Tom. Um, How many games was it? Oh, it was two hundred and odd for, for the Rovers, but it it was it, it was a lifetime, you know. If people say to me, what was your what was your favourite moment, making your league debut, just coming on and thinking I am now a football league player, whether I was going to be a good player or a different player or what, that didn't matter. Just the excitement of putting the shirt on and going on the pitch and saying this is what I've been chasing for 18 years. That's to, exactly what to, Mickey Tanner said last week, and you know, right. that thrill of, yeah. you know, and you, you
0: making your debut. Yeah, and you were part of that Welsh nursery that Rovers had at the time with, because we had loads of Welsh players. Yeah, there. there
1: were lots of lots of Welsh lads coming through, and uh, I've seen, I seen a number of players not quite make it, and think, why have they not made it? You know, and it, it, it's a ruthless business. Sometimes, players don't get that contract, not because they're not good enough, because in the world of football, and you probably didn't think about it at the time, but if the club didn't have the finances, that was it, you yeah. lost out, because the budget was so tight, and there wasn't much money in the game in those days, you know, and uh, I, saw, I, saw, I saw quite a few players, you know, I thought, I've got in, I can't believe these haven't got in as well, you know, but someone there's obviously a pecking order, and it might be that the manager likes you. He doesn't like you. I don't want you, but we'll take you instead. And you know? so,
0: I don't know where you know you look at it, and it's also what what is coming behind. us. said, what's in the team? What are we looking for next? Because Rovers always had they played young players, didn't they? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, they, they always
0: know. give young players a chance,
1: and the players that probably did sort of. You know, perform. You know, they were gone pretty quick Larry Lloyd was one when I, I gone to the club, and within within no time at all, Larry Lloyd is signing for Liverpool. Yeah. You know, um, and it was it it was that quick. You know, you you get in the first time I think Larry had been in the side maybe a year and a half, and uh, I think at the time people say to me that well, Stewart was was the impressive player. Well, you can't tell me Bill Shankly doesn't know a player, yeah. if you see what I mean. Because obviously, Bill Shankly said that's what we want. And then Brian you Clough, second <laughs> yeah. to 5 isn't he? Well, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which the biggest names in football, probably? And yeah. won, the, well, and won the Champions League, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. So, uh, yes, it was. Um, in those days, th- there was not a lot of money around. I mean, you you look at things in the club, and it was a case of. You know, we're running on a on a shoestring year from I think it was from week to week, month to month, and now today when you look at all the advertising and all the sponsorship, it makes life I think a lot easier for chief chief executives today than what it used to do. If you know what I mean. Well,
0: what we're on the Rovers thing. Obviously, your your affinity to Rovers is is like you said lifelong. Um, you ran the community department for several several years I, I know I did a little bit of work with you as well um, good times
1: oh all my time in football Wherever I've been in football tone and I've always had a smile on my face um, you know even even getting beat one of the things I learned very young someone said to me learn how to lose and it won't hurt so much um, and I took that with me through all my career. Yeah, there were times when you know the Tottenham 8 1 live on match of the day. Nine, you five. know, nine was it, thank yeah. you day for that. One, true two, friend, three four five, five, six, seven, and eight, a true Bristol City
2: fan. <laughs> 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 Remember <laughs> our end day none of them was his fault, were they? The centre <laughs> forward got five, didn't he? <laughs> he Colin right? Lee, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, of my fault. What were you, Tim? Um, I think. Um,
1: Right, number five. What was he? Number nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the blame was gone round the, the clubs <laughs> on that one. And uh, and I I remember coming on that night, and my wife opened the door, and she just looked at me, pointed the finger at me, and started <laughs> laughing. You know, and it was like if that had been a blow, <laughs> I'd have hit it, and it like took the sting out of me. You know, but. Uh, but then you 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 know you've got to live with it because you think you've got to get up and go out the next day, and people you know I mean, it was such a raw result. People would look at you and smirk and laugh, and you think, well, mm-hmm. this is what it's all about. You've just got to take it and get on with we it. Look forward to the next game. They here, so oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this. I mean, we can we can laugh about it. As time went on, we got to laugh about it. You know, even about Don Mixon at halftime. We were three nil down, and he came in. He said that's not bad lads, that's not bad. (laughs) And he said, to be honest, there's nothing I can do for you. You you just have to go out there and try and do your best. Do you know what, Pete, I was manager of Backwell about probably a dozen,
2: 15 years ago and I had no players trying to scramble the team together and we played Bridgewater away and um, We I, literally, our players are you know, they're paying subs a five or whatever, trying to play it's Western League. We have no money down there, you know, no electric, no thing, and it was hard work. I'm trying to get a team together. We played Bridgewater, and you know, they were on 50, 60, 70 quid. To, we lost 9-0, right? And the reporters doing the match we've he said, What do you think? I said, Well, oh, we were lucky to get nil. <laughs> <laughs> and I just throw a remark but the club you know the, I'm not saying they're committee members not directors, they were few men. I said, What'd you say? You've you have lost nine nil. You know, there's nothing you can say, well we we're unlucky it was nine breakaways. <laughs> I just said no, we were lucky to get nil that day. <laughs> so, but I was praying he didn't get double figures. and he oh. said we've done mixing three nil, not bad. I thinking, please don't get ten, <laughs> yeah. you know? and That's the
0: ultimate yeah. ten. Um, yeah. So going back to those community days, you know, I Wayne Noble, Matty Groves, John, come on, give us
1: a story. Um, Ooh, Tony, I thought you might ask for something, but what, as they say in football, what goes on tour stays on tour. And, uh, I mean, I've been on a few tours in football and I've had some great memories and, you know, they were great lads, great company, good personality. John, was was the perfect gentleman, Matt, myself, Wayne. Without a doubt, you know we were the rogues of the department. Wayne, uh, John sort of kept us on the straight and narrow and made sure that things got done. If you know what I mean. Um, but we, yeah, we, you know, we we had a great time. And um, the other thing was that we all liked our food. What buncher <laughs> <laughs> what do like to <laughs> We all liked our food and of course that is a shot of course you know there there would be there would be the odd breakfast here and there and uh you know one or two other things along the way and uh, I mean a couple of years on after that you know that came back to bite me a little bit because I had to have a double bypass um and uh, but all's good you know but then you you, you look back at it and think well it, it all tasted lovely and it was wonderful but you know there's only so much you can have of a good thing as they say um So uh, for me, the cakes, the biscuits, the pies, the passes they have all gone out the window. You know, they've all gone out the window. But you know, we we enjoyed ourselves. I mean, we loved what we were doing, and we loved our football club. So you know, in some ways, it wasn't as much as it it was worth. I um, think Rovers were, were a better club
2: like that in the community. You know, I mean, I like City, but I like Rovers. I uh, you know, I play. To reserves of those clubs but I can remember I brought my son's team down there years ago when you were down there and they loved it you know we, went and met, the, we met the players just before they went out the tunnel and stuff and you know we had a little chat the 5 a a little meal before I thought it was
1: brilliant well both yeah. clubs both clubs are really proactive in the community um, and obviously as things have gone on we've sort of as a club we've not really progressed and you have to say Brussels City have got their new stadium which is you know, absolutely wonderful, and uh, you know that just all things like that help uh, enhance what you're doing in the community. Um, but Adam Tutton who's who's running at Bristol Rovers now, you know, Adam will be he'll have his nose to the grindstone, doing his best for whatever he can during these times because I know they they both both community partners deliver food and they've been doing this and that. So you know, it's it's a fantastic part of a football club that in some ways gets partly
0: missed yeah it doesn't get the recognition it no. deserves no. definitely you know the work they do with the community you know groups that are struggling yeah and that is a fantastic part of football that doesn't doesn't get mentioned
1: well I mean I love I love I my football um, I enjoyed the company of players but I think being involved in the community as an individual as a person I grew more in that role than what I did as a player. Because okay. as a player you get a, bit, you, you get a little bit mo- molly cuddled um, and things are done for you and you get cocooned and it's all about what's going on tomorrow in football, the next game, the next game.
2: You do the community
1: thing and you just see another side of life. And for me, it changed me as a person. Yeah. I'm not saying I was a bad person. I think I was a good person anyway. But it helped me grow, and I, I think I became a lot more mature. But seeing things as you do on the street and in life, um, for me, it was—I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. So after you, after you go back to your playing days, after you
0: finished with Rovers, where did you go after that? Was it straight to City?
2: Yes, it was. Um, was that a big sort of story at the time? Because Rovers and Seed so don't seem to transfer players that freely, do they? No,
1: no it was... Um,
2: Especially a well-recognised you know, recognized player, yeah, you know, I, uh, established.
1: Yeah, they, they, a few things had changed in the, in the club uh, over a, a, a short period of time. And uh, there were things being said, you know on the training ground and and, and round players. And I think, you know, promises and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought, this is not Bristol Rovers. You know, we, we, we always knew where we were financially. We didn't have a lot. So whoever came in had to work their socks off basically. Um, And uh, the atmosphere changed. And I just thought, I need a change now. I need a change. I'm just becoming a bit like Old paint on the walls, if you know what I mean. So I just said I'd, I'd, I'd like to have a transfer. Um,
0: you actually asked for a transfer, did you? Yes, because I
1: yeah. thought I, I, I needed to change. Right. I, need, I needed to, you know, reinvigorate my career, basically. Um, it's not that, you know, I didn't love Bristol Rovers, I did love Bristol Rovers, um, but it, I felt at the time, this needs to happen. This, yeah. it needs to be a change, and uh, And it sort of dragged on and nothing was happening and there was no money in football at the time and lots of players had gone out the game. And then I walked in one day for training and I got out of the car and um, Terry Cooper, yeah, Terry Terry being manager at the time, just came over and said, you know, more or less, Pete, you've got a free transfer, you can go. And that was it. It was, you know, it was just done in the car park uh, out at Frenchy and, uh, you know, and the, and after that kind of moment, it, it was like, well, nothing surprises me in football. You know, he could have said, oh, Pete, come in the office, need to have a chat, you know, and that was it, you know. So I, I just said one thing, I said, can I go and train with the lads before I go? And surprisingly, he allowed me, he, you know, he said, yeah, go on. You know, and I thought, I'm surprised I got away with that. So I just went and said my goodbyes, yeah. rather than just get in the car and go.
0: Yeah. And so so you're part of the Ashton Gate Eight. Who who was
1: manager when you signed for Bob, City? Bob Houghton Oh yeah, yeah. Bob Houghton and Roy Hodgson. Yeah, yeah. They were there. They they'd been successful. Uh, you know, two young men had started off in the game, getting their coaching badges and starting at non-league level. I think, and then they gradually progressed. They went off abroad and you know built up their knowledge and experience and. I think it was probably. Yeah, they got to the they got to the Champions League final, didn't they, against Notts Forest? Yeah. And then the following year, I think he went to Greece, and then the next minute he he happened to turn up at Bristol City. Yeah. Mm.
0: So, Ashton Gate, 8, you know, you are part of their history.
1: I suppose we could sense that something wasn't quite right with the club, having been relegated from the first division. Um, and obviously they had big wages that they were still having to pay and um, I suppose gates had been reduced. So there was obviously a cost cutting exercise trying to take place, but maybe the money was going out the door faster than it was coming in. And and I think we played Aston Villa in the the FA Cup, we got beat that day. And Roy Hodgson came into the dressing room after and said, I think Peter and Trevor Jacob, uh, uh, not Trevor Jacob, Trevor was Trevor Tain, uh, Jeff Merrick, Chris Gallen, Julian Marshall, Jimmy Mann, uh, reported a boardroom Monday. And I, I, I remember this, Roy had come in and I'm just doing my tie up to go off and meet my wife to go home. And uh, Trevor Tainton said to me, well, what do you think that's all about? And I said, we're we'll getting the sack. And they were, oh, don't be stupid, they can't sack us. I said. Look around you. I said, it's not good. Oh no, they can't do that. I said, well, okay, all right, let's hope we don't. And that was it. And then we got there on the Monday morning um, and there was seven of us there. And then someone came out and said, hold on a minute. We need to get somebody else. And that phone call was to Jerry Sweeney. So Jerry was on doing his car. And I think Jerry was probably being lined up for the job as well, and obviously things must have been that desperate that they've obviously gone, you no. Know, bring Jerry in; he can go as well. Yeah. So um, it was quite a noisy yeah. thing to do at the time, there,
2: wasn't it? Because they put a lot of pressure on you. I can remember that. I mean, I was I can remember it, I was twenty at the time, and I can remember at the time seeing it all over the press and on the news. And thinking you they got you in a corner really, here, haven't you? Because you've got thousands of City fans, they're saying their club's gonna go bust if you don't tear out your contracts, and you're sort of young men with mortgages and families, and you've got nowhere to go, have you? You know, it's like, you know, it, you know, it's like someone saying that to us isn't it? In, in our line of work, coming in and well, just saying, you know, we're gonna
1: tear your contract up. Ta that. I
2: know it
1: happens, but. We were footballers, Dave, who were, were on contracts, but then, what you have to realise is that you're dealing with business people mm. who have had probably lots of ups and downs and don't get emotional about it. Yeah. We have to make decisions, and this is the decision. But well, I just think it's where they paraded you, you know, it was all over. Yeah. Yeah, that, that know, was you know, I And mean, if you would have all said no, you
2: would have been pillared you? You know, you imagine everyone said you took our club. We ha- we haven't got a club no more. And you know, I didn't know what say what happened at Wimbledon at the time. You know, where they went from the Premier League mm-hmm. to, to nothing. But you know, I just thought at the time that's a bit of bullying, really. You know,
1: to to. There was there was one moment I just I I I, I can never get quite get my head around it. And um, they said, "All oh, right, we'd gone through the process of." Going out. But then it so happened that someone said, Right, you all have to be down at the unemployment office Monday morning at nine o'clock, all of you there. Cause you've got to do this. You know, we thought, we've got to do this. You've got to do it. So we for some strange reason we all ended up there with the press taking photographs mm. in. and I remember thinking I think I went on. Yeah. I thought I don't I don't need that money it's not that I was a rich man but I just thought I don't need that money I, I've got time to s- try and sort something out you know um but that was that was quite embarrassing you know and obviously the, the the I suppose the media probably liked you know you know you know how the mighty have fallen if you know what I mean a little, little bit of that about it but um, yeah it's uh, interesting times because um from, from the PFA Gordon Taylor came down and uh, Gordon walked into the room this office in the in the center of Bristol we were meeting at and he said well right he said you know just put me in the picture so what's going on what's been said so we talked it through with Gordon he said right well, well we'll all meet back here tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning and um, Gordon turned up in I not being disrespectful to him but he did look a little bit dishevelled as if I've only just got on the train I've come straight down here I didn't want you know this is all big news isn't and he turned up the next morning in the sharpest suit you've ever seen on anyone and you and I knew then I thought this is all about media now yeah we're just the pawns in the game Mm. this is all about other things as well yeah Yeah. so it, it it was it was uh an unfortunate time. Probably the directors involved. If 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 they probably could have changed it, and it not happened. They probably would have done so. You know. Who's in charge then? A chairman. Um. Well, Les Q. It was After. either. I think it might have been Les Q. I, I know Les was there at the time. Um, the vice chairman was it was a chap called Kingston um, and no. he, he did the initial talk with us in the boardroom about you know you've got to tear up your contracts and all that yeah,
0: yeah. so just very br- briefly you went to Gillingham
1: yeah yeah coaching yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that was yeah that was uh, that was with Tony Pulis and that was a, a bit of coaching a bit of scouting uh, a bit of youth work You know, it was, that was, I suppose, what you call a true football club. Everybody mucked in and, you know, you could be taking a training session one day, and that night you're thinking, oh, well, I'll go home, put my feet up. Oh, no, you're going off to Derby to watch a game, Mm. you know? So, um, and in all fairness to Tony, I mean, he works, as a manager, he works really hard. I have no doubt about that. But then, you know, um, everybody works. Yeah. If you're working with Tony, you know? Which is which is fun.
0: Well, let's let let's, let's drop back into non-league then. Obviously, you come to Bath with both Dave and I. Dave's mentioned you previously, and you know what what it was like to play with you behind him.
1: Well, going to Bath, going to Bath Tom, was it, it was that turning point in my life while I went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> because having been a disciplined professional, and then turning up at Bath. And people giving you stuff to drink that you looked at and thought, what is that? <laughs> Coming out of a plastic tub. That was before a match. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 You're I, talking about I the loved, natch, are you? I'm talking about the natch, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I loved the relaxed attitude. I found it a very relaxed attitude. Now you as players and, and bob Jones. like oh no this is serious stuff you know but i found it quite relaxed actually training twice a week and uh you know the, the long conversations we we would have after training about football um yeah it was i really
2: enjoyed my time i used to like how know you say because i used to, like, obviously Pete, you're like a big star you come to to bath you know you've had a career in professional football and I like remember we went to Busbys or whatever club it was and they had some bad dancer in the night competition. And I can still remember you're sat there, you got your jacket on, you're stood there and all of a sudden you're on the dance floor at the top. Oh. And Charlie, you're yeah. up on the stage and we're like, what there's all those idiots there, the younger generations, yeah. sort of, like me, Singy, Moggy, yeah. yeah. and all people out and there's Pete with his <laughs> shirt and his jacket on, dancing on the stage with all these <laughs> 19-year-olds. I thought that was fantastic. Oh,
1: Dave, just, just just so you know, <laughs> my wife and my children are doing this as well. So you know, only go so far. <laughs> uh, I don't
2: think
1: going anywhere else. No, I I, I I have to say, um, Bath was having been through what I'd experienced with the, the unfortunate episode with the Aston Gate 8 and having left the Rovers and then all of a sudden finding yourself out a league football because it's, it's a bit like a, a golfing pro. You know, you want to play on the tour. You don't want to play on the lower down. But then sometimes life changes and you just got to deal with it. And it took me a while. It took me a while to deal with it coming out of football run about 28, 29, because I thought I had another four or five years of me. Um, and, and your life changes. And uh, I, I think what, there was two, two things that saved me. The lads at Bath, because there was such a good camaraderie in the team at Bath. And, and when, you, when I think of it now, to this day, you're still a good friend. Tony's still a good friend. Dave's still still a good friend. I mean, those who haven't passed away are all still good friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've all got memories. And if we got together, we'd have so many laughs. Um, I love the professional side of it. Don't get me wrong. But the, the amateur time um, at Bath, semi
2: professional Peter.
1: Yeah. So professional. <laughs> we, to be fair, I mean,
2: I went a professional like Tony, but we had a lot of Rovers and City players coming out, and good players. You know, we you know get Glenn didn't we? Alan Crawford. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and Bruce yeah. Halliday's. Yeah. We had some
1: top players.
2: We, we used to see. play in Rovers. We yeah. used to
0: play the final sides up at up at oh, church, didn't God. we? the we
1: top. But who was the best player you ever played with, Dave? P.A. Oh, thank you.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's here this week. <laughs> You I mean, were good for me, uh, and I will say that, very good, calm me down, and uh, give me a lot of tips as a winger, and I remember that, little things, like I remember you saying to me once, I used to get the ball just try and run a defender, he said, Dave, what do you just stop, sometimes, just stand on the ball and wait, because you're making his mind up, you run it in, and the defender's on his guard, and he's ready, because as a defender, he was expecting it, he said, but if you just change the game, just stop, in." maybe just pass the ball five yards sidewards instead of thinking you've got to beat him or get across him and then it gets the defender thinking and that stuck with me and I've
1: passed on that advice so you know you learn something and it was it was quite fortunate because you you came just after I came I think mm. and and Rico was always been known as a centre half <laughs> but I, I swear his, thing, right? I swear, his left foot improved when you came along because he saw someone else kick a ball with the other foot yeah. and I think he went from strength to strength then because yeah. I'm sure he said in Mungit just call me Bobby Moore, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Moore and Dave, Dave Palmer who's our great, man, uh, great mate and God rest his soul and Dave used to say whatever you do don't give it a prick <laughs>
0: Oh, true, true. I've I, I got to say this. You were, you were my, when I got made, when, when I went into management at Bath and got offered the job and took the job, um, you were my first assistant manager. And um, to show the character of the person you are, you know, we remain friends, uh, but we have money troubles at Bath. And the first thing you said is, Rico, I'll just get you can have my money. And I thought that was a tremendous gesture at the time um, and I've always appreciated that probably never
1: told you that but um, yeah <laughs> I, 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 there, there's probably something else to that so I think Mimsy had a word with me as well so I thought no I don't want those hands on my thigh or on my neck <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and obviously, palms then, then then did it as player assistant. So, yeah. And, um,
1: but he had a fantastic record, Dave. I didn't realise he played so many games for Bath. Yeah. yeah. Until some years later on, we got talking about it, but someone said, well, he's played, was it over 500 games? Yeah, well, the, um, yeah. Moggy yeah. t- was top,
0: I was second, and yeah. I think palms is third. Yeah. Uh, and Tony Goff.
1: Tony Goff, is yes.
0: He's up there with that, is he Yes, yes. Yeah, go there. Yeah. So you,
1: you flitted around, Molly, because you went to Gloucester? No, I, I think I went to Trowbridge. Right. yeah. And after Trowbridge, I went to. They fought it as well, didn't they? Yeah, they fought I it. I left went to Accrington Stanley. Good end.
2: What a yell. <laughs> Peter Ford and Yeah. Because,
0: um,. When you went to Troubridge, Stevie Tallboys, sexy? was it Troubridge? Well,
1: no, Stevie Tallboys was uh, playing for a friend of mine, Alan Bush and oh, uh, Jeff Evans, who ran Longwell Green. Oh, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got a bit
2: telling me something, haven't you? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, Alan Bush was probably one of the driest comedians you'll ever come across he could tell you the best story in the world you would be crying and he would still be pronouncing his words not stuttering not getting the line wrong great storyteller Ima Jeff Evans worked ever so well uh, with Longwell Green and obviously D- Derek Jones was part of that setup who's now involved with Longwell Green Abbotonians, and does a tremendous amount of work for them. Um, you know, so it was, for me, it was... Amateur football was a wonderful time, you know, uh, and I got to meet so many characters and I'm pleased to say that I think everyone I've met and got on with, I'm still friends with, you know, uh, which, is, which is a lovely... So I've just got to pull you back in. So where, where did Stixie, Stevie Tallboys fit in? Oh, that was it, Stevie Tallboys. You've got to forgive me now, Tom, because <laughs> when you get to 67, you start forgetting things, yeah, you know. Luckily, I can still remember my name. Stevie Tallboys was at Longwell Green. Right, okay, yeah. And Alan Bush said to me, we got a lad, come and have a look at him. Um, so we went along, um, and I, I and that's when I started to play a few games for him. I think I was about 40-odd then. And uh, so I, I had a look at him, and uh, I said, yeah. take him and I said we got the money I said but we'll give him a chance we'll give him a shot in the window and uh, so we said okay you know take him along give him a game so we played it was it was it was January it was and uh, we were playing Weymouth which was a big fixture at the time for Trowbridge Um, and anyway um, we get there and uh, we're having a chat about the team and I said everyone, pull them all back today. Let's just play back four midfield and let's just wait and see what happens. And he said, What? No forwards at all. I said, No, put Stevie Tallboys up front on his own. On his own. He said he's a kid, he, he won't be able to do this. I said, Leave him on his own. We won't say nothing He could run, could he? So anyway, you know, we go and he said, Stevie, play. oh playing Stevie, he's all you know, he's full of energy, he wants to get out there and uh, just pulled him and he said oh you're on your own up front today because we're all going to be doing the work we're going to be defending so you can have a day off if you get a kick all well and good he said you know but he said they got I said they got a back four they can all play they all pose and they all think they're better than what they are I said but if you can get a kick all well and good we won the game 4-0 he scored all four goals did he? Yeah play. Yeah. Terrific.
0: Yeah. And he know. went
1: on. And I mean, he went on into the professional game, you know. And, uh, and I'm glad he, he did.
2: Breezing wasn't he? Yeah. 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 And uh, well, they loved him at Wimbledon, didn't they? I mean, I you know, sad. I went to the funeral a couple of years ago, and they fought a lot of him out there. The, the oh, they did. did. Vinnie yeah. Jones.
1: Um, I think it was uh, Joe Punea, um, End of the season, he came up. He said. Uh, Stevie told boys, he go. So Stevie's gone back to his room and uh, he said to, uh, I just mentioned his name, he's Vinnie, got Jones. It. Vinnie Jones. He said, uh, he said, I'm out. Well, yeah, so Vinnie Jones has gone off. Don't see Joe Kinnear. Comes back, he said, you got 12 months. Do whatever you can and he got on really well with Vinnie Jones, well they were roommates and so. um, He just said, you can't get rid of him. He said, well, what do you mean I can't get rid of him? He said, he's not gonna get, he said, he's one of us. He's not going, you gotta keep him. And he said, Joe Kinnear wasn't an easy man. Yeah. You know, he's a tough Irishman. And uh, so he said, I don't really know what the conversation was, he said, but you got another 12 months, he said, so enjoy it. Mm. You know." And he did, he did enjoy it.
0: Yeah, he was close, very close friends with Marcus Spray when he. Yeah. I mean, oh, they
1: they were as thick as thieves. Yeah. When they were at Trowbridge, Marcus, you know, you really had to have patience to suffer Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he could do some strange things on the pitch. Off the pitch, he could do even stranger things.
0: He's another one that missed times in
1: Marcus? marcus times, missed <laughs> right? times. Right? Goodness yeah. me! But those two hit it off. Yeah. Sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, you know and it was and Marcus got up to speak at Stevie's funeral and he was fantastic mm. and it was it was really tough it was really tough but the number of football people there were there from all over the country yeah. that surprised me it was a fantastic turn and you know and he'll be missed and, you know.
0: yeah so what happened after that then Pete football boys?
1: Football-wise, I think I went off to Forest Green, and then I went and played at Yates for a season, and then we started a family term, yeah. you know, and then the real work kicks in, and uh, you know, so it was it was just a case of getting on with life. I two young girls, Joanne, Faye, um, it, you just got to do your bit. You just got to do your bit. I've had I've had a lot of football. Yeah, and I would, it was, I was probably getting to the point where I thought, do you know what? Having a quiet Saturday's probably not a bad thing. But it only lasts for so long before you get itchy feet and you think, you know, you want to do something or, you know. And then you took out golf. And I took up golf. And that takes you out of the house for six hours. <laughs> well, I took up golf. I took up golf, day because I said to my, my, my two daughters one weekend, they were about 12 at the time, I said, so what's on for Dad this weekend? What do you want me to do? And they went... Dad, if we need you, we'll call you. Mm. So I thought, I'm gonna take up golf. So me and me and you told, did we? Went out to Chip in Sobre on a Friday night to play. And um, and you reintroduced me to Cider again, didn't you? Blackthorn. <laughs> you know, and, well, I said, I, and I said, I remember the Natch and all that. So I said, I can't drink. He said, Oh no, this is different, Pete. This is not as bad. I said, Oh he said, have a bit of orange in it, you know. And, and I thought a bit of lemonade, a bit of orange. I thought, oh yeah, this is quite nice. I, I like this. I like this, you know. And uh, yeah, then cider sort of come on the scene for a little. While. No, I wasn't a big drinker, but I, you know, I thought enjoyed the cider, especially when it was hot. But uh, we got into golf, and uh, Dave Palmer, God love him, was he was my partner in in many a competition, and we won a few trips going abroad. And uh, I and I yeah, I still play golf, and I love it.
0: Painter's got a little. Treat coming up, haven't you Dave? Yeah, going to be open this
2: weekend, yeah, we're going eight of us, my, my mate Jerry Sherman, if you're listening, and um, it's his 60th birthday, so we've got eight of us going up, three oh, nights yeah. watching the golf. you will have a fantastic time. I actually stuff. had a uh, lesson with a pro the other day, Pete. He showed me, I showed him. A golf uh, for what? For golf. Ugh. Is it golf or golf? <laughs> golf, <laughs> I get, I get, it's yeah. off for the same a golf. But um, he'd watch me have a go, and he'd give me some advice. What chopping around? Jeff? No, he just said uh, take a like, a foot, or so off each club. I said that oh, <laughs> you oh. oh, get me the weenie bin, and you get the lid down then as well. <laughs> so that
1: was my lesson.
2: <laughs> okay, we're
0: gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But before we wrap it up, Pete, yeah. I'm intrigued to find out who is the other person that okay. captains oh, yeah. City and Rovers.
1: Bristol City. Okay. You um, probably forgot that now because you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have forgot my <laughs> name. <it>. I <forgot laughs> yeah, that was forty-five minutes. minutes ago. Yeah, that was forty-five minutes. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Well, actually, going talking about uh, remembering, I only remembered I was coming here tonight. I got to uh, a builder's merchant. <laughs> you got it <have> written on your hand. I got. I got in the car. I got to a builder's merchant and for some reason, it went. I'm seeing Rickle tonight, aren't I? If, if that hadn't have come into my mind, I'm sure I would have forgotten it. <laughs> You'd have been phoning me saying, Pete, where are you? And my dentist does that, Tom, because I, I get my bookings from my dentist. And God love them, they phone me up and they go, Where are you, Pete? And is, I that go, t- is that the tooth? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I said, Well, I'm at home. But you're supposed to be you having your I said, oh no, not again. And I I must I've done that quite a few times. So who was it, MP? Well, (laughs) the lad the lad who's captain Bristol City and Bristol Rovers (laughs) comes from Berry. Berry is the first clue.
0: I've got no idea, Pete, so you've got to tell us. You've got to tell us. Black pudding
1: comes from Berry, but it's not black pudding. But the other lad comes from Bury played for Bury played for Queen's Park Rangers as well and played for Swindon Town Brian Williams oh, the old yes Brian Williams yeah. I met Brian a couple of years ago um, and uh, we got chatting and and he said to me he said they say you're the only one to have captained both Bristol Rovers and Bristol City and I said well they tell me that. I said I I, I don't know, I'm not a statsman or I said. I'm the other person. I said you he said I captained Bristol City and I got to captain Bristol Rovers. Right. So that's that's it, son. That's that's out there. Well Yeah, there you go. So Mike J might be going, I can't believe it. How
2: have I missed it? <laughs> Do you know what, P. I captained Gloucester in the FA Cup and it's car Cardiff. Cardiff. And I was so busy looking at the cameras on Match of the Day, I missed the other captain's hand. I was like that. <laughs> I, missed it, I was still <laughs> looking at <me> the <laughs> camera and my <the laughs> hand was just in the wind. Because <laughs> I knew there's the definite part I'd be on the telly. True,
0: OK, we'll wrap it up there. My thanks to Pete Aiken, our guest today. Pleasure, to Winging it with Dave Payne and Tony Ricketts. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah, nice to see you, Pete.
1: I have to say, Tom, I never never realized that when I think back a bath in that big bath after the game, covered in mud, still laughing, still winding each other up. I never thought that you two would become media (laughs) moguls. (laughs)
2: Cut.